All right. Thank you so much, guys. Wasn't that a blessing? I'm grateful for that. And I'm so glad, listen, that we can face tomorrow. And the reason behind it is because we know him. He lives. Jesus Christ has not uh, been diminished one iota in his power or his authority. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And so we know him. And uh, if you do know him, and I hope you do, I want you to know that that, uh, he's on the throne and in control, and I'm so grateful and so thankful for that, and I praise the name of the Lord for it. I want you to open your Bibles this morning, if you will, and uh, go to the book of Proverbs chapter number 18, Proverbs chapter 18. Now, while I'm here, you know, it gets a little, it's different. I know Nathan and Chris have probably just sensed it's a little different just speaking into a camera, but I imagine things going on here. And uh, just I, I, I look out in my mind's eye and I see people that are seated and sitting there. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm grateful as I, I think of you and where you would be sitting and where you're at right now. And uh, Beverly, as she gently wakes Mark up and, and asks him to please pay attention to the message. Ron Mackey trying to crack a funny joke. Things like that that are a part of our normal services, I'm always grateful for those, and uh, it's a blessing. And so anyhow, I'm preaching to you wherever you're at. I hope you're with us. Uh, You may be sitting in your pajamas. That's okay. We're glad that you're tuned in this morning. And I want you to read Proverbs chapter 18 with me, and we're going to look at verse number 14, one verse of Scripture, Proverbs 18, verse 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. It did not say the spirit of God will sustain a man in his infirmity. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about your spirit and my spirit. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit? Who can bear? Let's pray. Father, help us now. I pray during these moments, I pray you would speak to our hearts. Dear God, we need you today. We are a dependent people. We're living in a day that is filled with uncharted waters. We know not what to do. We don't even know, dear God, what tomorrow may bring. We surely cannot boast thyself of tomorrow. It's true, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know what next week or next month. Our our life has been changed to a degree. Our world has been interrupted. And we look to you, Father, because you are our Father. We are your children. And we pray for your help today. Would you take your word today and give us what we have need of to, to get through, to give strength, Not just to survive, but to flourish in our walk with you during these difficult days, Lord. We love you. We have utter confidence in who you are. We trust you in our life. Bless our people, I pray, Lord. I love them with all my heart. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. Last week during our Sunday morning message, I gave you a quote from Charles Dickens 
that he wrote in A Tale of Two Cities. I want to give you that quote again, but I, I, want, to, I want to read it. It's just a paragraph. I want to read it in its entirety for you. I want you to listen to the words. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of uh, incredulity. It, it was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. And to some degree, during these strange times, these challenging times in which you and I are living now, to some degree that, that mixture of what Dickens wrote about is going to be experienced in our life. It, it's going to be the best and the worst. And all at once, all at the same time, the best and the worst of times. People, people are dealing with this differently. People are struggling. And, and, and uh, I want us to take a, a deep look today at, at how maybe we can process this in a way that would, that would be better for ourselves and certainly give God more glory. There may be days themselves that in that day, Things sort of go from one extreme to the other. It, part of the day is the best of times, and then part of that day is the worst of times. It could very well be that there's, there's that much of an ex, extreme swing from one to the other. And depending on where you live in your part of the world, it could be that you live in a place that is covered with the spring of hope or engulfed in the winter of despair. Uh, and so... Our circumstances are impacting us, and, and we have to admit that the circumstances we find ourselves in, uh, they're real, and, 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 and at times they're very troublesome, and, and the, the word we get, the, the news reports, they're, they're, they're varying, they're up one minute, down the next, there's hopeful things, then there are things that aren't very hopeful, even, even the, the government as they try to lead us to the best of their ability, is not really sure. Even some of their statements that they make are, 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 are a bit cloudy to us, and we don't really know how to interpret those things. These are, these are uncertain days, at least, in which we live. We can be sure of that. And I don't want to minimize the impact. And I mean that's, I don't, don't, don't lighten this. Don't, don't minimize the impact of the virus, especially those that have had loved ones that have affected by it. Some have lost loved ones. Grateful to say Pastor Kenny Baldwin was released from the hospital yesterday and went home. And there are others that we've been praying for. And, and I don't want to ignore the financial impact this has had upon businesses. If you have the opportunity to go out and purchase uh, takeout food from a restaurant and you have the financial means to do that, can I encourage you to do that? Do it locally. Um, Buy. You know, I got an email about a company that would ship food into you. I'm not going. I'm not. I don't, I'm not interested in having food shipped to me. I want to buy from my local people. I want to. I want to get their takeout orders so that they can pay their employees. And and when you do that, just because you're sitting in a car and they're bringing it to your vehicle, don't forget to give them a good tip. I mean, they're struggling right now. They need our help. Pray for our businesses. And 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 there's a definite financial impact that the quarantine is having on individuals and on businesses. And, and we need to be cognizant of that, and we certainly need to pray for them. But, but I do want to say 
But the attitude, the spirit in which we deal with these difficulties is going to determine a great deal of how successfully or unsuccessfully we process it all. And so we need to, uh, we need to, we need to look deep today. I want to I talk with you uh, about what's beneath you. What is it that is beneath you? And I'll explain that statement in, in just a moment. I want to say that a good spirit will not deposit a paycheck into your account. It's not going to put essentials back on the store shelves. I, I'm aware of that. There are certain tangible things that we're missing now that just because we have a good spirit doesn't mean we get those back. I know that, and I'm very well aware of that. But, but what we choose to focus on, whether we choose to focus on the things we don't have or rejoice in the things we do have, and if, you're, if, you, if you've got your health and you've got your family and you've got a roof over your head and you've got food on your table, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of blessings we better zero in on because God's been good to us. And even in America, even with the shortages, and I like what, I like what our mayor said. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a profound statement in his uh, speech to our, our community this past week. We, we don't have a supply shortage we, our, our problem is not, a, it's not a supply problem, it's a demand problem. And if we would just be kind to our neighbor and, and not, uh, you know, not hoard, not allow the greed within us to come and take over our, our attitudes, boy, we could do a lot. Can I encourage you something? If you don't need toilet paper, buy it and give it to somebody. Give it to a neighbor that's short or... Maybe it's a bag of flour or something. Just look out for your fellow man. Uh, it may be a total stranger. That's okay. Let's just love people and, and use this time to show God's love uh, in it. And, and so uh, how, how we focus, what we choose to focus on is going to determine the impact that these troubled days will have on your life and on my life. Let me read, let me read again our text. Could we? Proverbs 18, 14, the spirit of a man, the spirit of a man, what will it do? It will sustain his infirmity. It'll help you when things are down. It'll help you when you're sick. The spirit of a man will sustain whatever he's going through. If his spirit is right, it will sustain whatever troubled water he passes through. But a wounded spirit, if you let your spirit become wounded, cut, bruised, injured by other people or circumstances in your life? A wounded spirit, who can bear? It's it's a rhetorical question. You can't bear it. Once your spirit goes, then everything else implodes with it. And so it's vitally important, according to that verse, that we keep our spirit right so that it will sustain us in these infirmed times in which we find our so living now, God made man in a, God made man in His image. Okay, so God's a Trinity: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. When God made us, God created us into a triune being. We're made. Remember, He said, "Let us." That's the Trinity. Let us make man in our image of the Book of Genesis, in chapter two. And so, man is made after the image of God. That means that man also is a triune being, and we're made up of body, soul, and and spirit. And, and the body breaks down, doesn't it? I mean, you, we have problems with that. That's why you go to the dentist. 
Uh, that's why this past August, flying back from Rapid City, uh, man, my gallbladder just flipped out on me. I had no idea what the little fella, what kind of problems it could cause. I had to get him out of there because my body broke down. You know, I'd had that gallbladder my whole life. I was born with it, kept it all these years, and now all of a sudden it goes bad on me. The body breaks down. Eyes get weak, limbs get weak, hips go out, knees have to be replaced, uh, heart trouble. You know, our bodies weren't made to last forever. That's what makes heaven so sweet and something to look forward to. And so we get sick and, and, and our body needs upkeep. And we spend a lot of money. Doctor's office, hospitals, vitamins, minerals, herbal things, you know. I mean, we, we do. We spend a lot of money on the upkeep of this body, tending to the body. We watch out for it. We, that's what we're doing now. We wash our hands. My hands are chapped. You know, everywhere I go, I come back, I wash my hands. Our, our uh, Jeff and Kayla made up some hand sanitizer. It's awesome for me. I use it. It doesn't chap them as bad as, as the soap and water does. But I've been having to watch out because we're, we're washing our hands. Why are we doing that? To keep ourselves safe. We're guarding our body from uh, germs and from bacteria and the virus. And, and so we're protecting our body. But that's just a part. It's just a small part of our health, our overall health. There's another part of who we are that we need to uh, invest time in and energy in that needs so much attention, and that's the spirit of man. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. So if it's the spirit that's going to get my body and my mind through the hard times, if it's the spirit that's going to carry me through the quarantine, if it's the spirit that's going to bring me through these uncharted uh, and, and turbulent waters, this storm in which we find ourselves, and if it's the spirit that's going to do that, I better put some time into making sure my spirit's good, my spirit's right, my spirit is healthy. And that spirit is the condition of who we are on the inside. Now, I can look real good, okay? I got my suit on. How do you like my tie? Nice and bright. I got all that. Look, I can, I can comb my hair and try to make myself look as presentable as possible, and I can be as rotten and as down and, 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 and in such poor health spirit-wise, and you'd never know it. That's what I'm talking about. What's beneath you? What lies underneath that surface? We say about somebody, well, he's got a bad attitude. Or we can say, well, she's got such a sweet disposition. We're talking about their spirit that is evidenced through their attitude and through their emotions. A number of years ago, I preached, I preached several times in Quebec, Canada, and uh, was there and uh, had such a great time touring the city of, of Canada. And uh, while I was there, uh, the pastor, Brother Mario, took me out into Quebec, and it was a snow-covered day. And you looked out, and there was just snow everywhere. I mean, it was, it was just covered with snow. And he said to me, Brother Dean, let's go this way. So we're, tra we're tramping across the snow-covered street over a mound of snow onto a snow-covered sidewalk, and my shoes are getting covered with snow. And I'm thinking, boy, this is not a good time to walk Quebec. And so he turned into a doorway, I followed him into that, and all of a sudden, we dropped down beneath the surface, and there was another world down there. I forget, it's something like 20 miles or so 
of, of underground Quebec. We saw entire areas where restaurants were at, just an entire section underneath the city where you could go and just make your choice of restaurants. <coughs> Excuse me, there were shoe shops, uh, places to buy uh, clothing at. Um, you could go underground and come up into a bank or come up into your apartment complex. College students traveled underground. There were trains that ran underground. And, and, and they say that in Quebec, you can, you can go to your college, you can come to your, uh, your apartment building, you can go eat, you can shop, you can deposit money in your bank and never have to stick your head uh, up in what we would call the real world. It was all underneath the surface. I like to say it this way. It was below the manhole covers. I wonder, I wonder what's down there. Because beneath the surface of who we are, we can fake a smile. We can, we can fake a handshake. We can fake a greeting. We can put on this uh, facade where people look at us and they say, wow, you know, they're happy people. We're down deep inside. Did you know this? Did you know that they say that many comedians, I think of Robin Williams, many Canadian, comedians that make other people laugh, they're really sad, discouraged people down on the inside. It's what lies below the surface of who we are. Now, there's a twofold problem, okay? Number one, our spirit down below the surface, the real you and the real me that's beneath the manhole covers, our spirit can become infected. That means simply... And by the way, quicker than the body can. You know, we're worried about catching a virus. I'm going to tell you something. The spirit gets a hold of things a lot quicker than the body does. And, 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 and it is susceptible to pressure and stress and circumstances that are, that are adverse. It's a hard time. So sometimes we can go in and everything can be great. You can get your cup of coffee and have a song in your heart. And you show up at work and boom, things fall apart. And all of a sudden you've got a bad spirit. You can go to the grocery store right now and you can say, well, you know, hand sanitizer and everything's off the shelf. I've been looking for flour. You, you can let it really bend you. You can let it really bend you. Or you can just say, hey, you know what? I got a church family. I got loved ones that will help me. I'm going to just put it out there and find out if somebody's got uh, some way of filling my need. That's what we ought to do. We're, listen, what, what do we call ourselves? We call ourselves a family of friends. We're a family of friends. That's what we've got here. And, and if that's the case, we ought, to, we ought to not only help each other, but we ought to allow and, and humble ourselves and allow others uh, to help us. It's important. So our spirit, your spirit, my spirit, with all of this going on around us, can become very quickly infected by these circumstances. Not only that, it's contagious. The bad, infected spirit is contagious. It spreads like a virus from one person to another. One person has a bad attitude. It's real easy to give it to somebody else. And somebody can come in and say, well, this is great, and get on the job or get around some other people who've got a sour spirit, and it can, it can put a damper on your spirit very, very quickly. And so uh, we have to be careful because of that infection that can spread quickly. We've got to be careful about who... We, uh, we, we are exposed to. Let me give you a verse of Scripture. 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, the Bible says, Be not deceived. Evil communications, listen to this, corrupt good manners. Be not, don't, don't be deceived. Be not deceived. Evil communications, they corrupt good manners. You get around somebody that's talking uh, negatively or, or adversely, they're just down in the mouth. I want to tell you something. It'll corrupt you, and it'll corrupt your good manners. Do you know this? Do you know that the Bible taught um, social distancing before it ever became a, 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 a popular phrase uh, in our world because of our current situation? Let me give you some scripture to prove that. Romans chapter 16 and verse number 17, the Bible says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Paul said this, listen, if you know somebody that is in rebellion to God, they're not listening, they're not yielding to the doctrines, the truth of the Word of God, and, and they won't know part of it, they're living life on their terms, their way. Paul said social distancing. Mark them. That means put a note by their name and avoid them. You don't want to get within six feet of them or you might catch what they've got. That's social distancing. I think of 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 14. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. So again, Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica and he says, listen, you need to keep your distance from people that aren't living for the Lord, that are living after the authority and the auspices of the flesh. You need to be careful. My son, if sinners entice thee, Proverbs 1.10, consent thou not. Proverbs 13.20, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And so God warns us to practice social distancing when people are living in the flesh, living after the, the, the authority of the flesh. God said, don't, don't hang with them. So if somebody's got a bad spirit, it's pretty wise just to steer clear, dear. It's better not to hang with them because the Bible says it will corrupt us. God's trying to keep us from being contaminated with their bad spirit. Now, David, think of David. He had everything going for him. David didn't have any shortage of anything. David had all the food he needed. He had people waiting on him hand and foot, yet David struggled with his spirit at times. Psalm 143, David's going through a hard time, and he's battling with his spirit. He knows he's got to, he knows he's got to have a right spirit to be right with God. And David's in a real struggle. Verse number four, he says, Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. Man, that's raw. That's, that's raw words. And Psalm 143, David's just saying, I got, I'm, having, I'm having problems with my spirit. If you and I be honest, there are times we all do. We can sense our spirit getting off track. We can sense our spirit trying to go rogue on us and chart its own way. We have to be very careful. In verse number 7 of Psalm 143, David, again, in that very same psalm, says this, verse 7, Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like them that go down into the pit. David's saying, God, I got, I got troubles, and I need your help, and I'm looking to you for help. And no wonder he, he prayed in Psalm 51, verse 10, after his sin with Bathsheba, David poured his heart out to God and he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. 
And so David realizes the importance of walking with God. It can only happen if our spirit is right with God. And so above and beyond your physical health, down below the surface, what's beneath you and what's beneath me, down deep within who we are, that inner man, that inner person is a part of us that we need to be very, very well aware of the condition of our spirit because those are the things, that spirit, our attitude toward things will determine how uh, we face the adverse and difficult circumstances in which we find ourselves. And, and so in the middle of all this, confusion, suspicion, chaos, all of the social media postings, all of the news broadcasts that are going on, everything that's happening around us, um, how are we going to keep a good spirit in the middle? Listen, in the South we would say slap dab in the middle of all these adverse circumstances, all of this negativity. How do you and I maintain a right spirit? I want to give you some really practical points in the last part of this message. I just want to hit some things, one right after the other, and give you some practical suggestions that might help you and would certainly help me. I'm trying to apply these to my life that might help us in our, um, uh, uh, in our uh, going through this difficult and uncharted time in our life. First of all, let me say this to you. Don't, um, don't overdose on the news. I said this last week a little bit, just briefly mentioned it. I want to take just a moment. Do not overdose on the news. Now, I'm not suggesting, as I said then, that you or I take a vow of ignorance. Knowledge is good. It's good for us to know, and it's a good thing. But we have to remember that things have changed. When I was a kid, the news came on every afternoon at 6 o'clock. There was ABC, NBC, and CBS, and that's all she wrote. There, there, there was no, there were no cable network. And so every afternoon for just that time slot, we would sit and we'd watch Walter Cronkite or, or, or one of these other guys, and we would listen to them tell the news of the day. Today, it's absolutely, it's, it's saturating our minds and our world. We're inundated with it. There are 24-hour news channels. You can turn on your, your, your satellite TV. You can get news at the click of a hat. When you, when you start your, your, your cell phone on, you know, you know what happens immediately? It throws up news. And, and so we're constantly confronted with news every single day. It's 24 hours a day, and it can have a very depressing impact on our spirit if we're not careful. Now, now remember this verse, Proverbs 15, verse 30. The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the, the bones fat. What is that saying? It's saying that what we see and what we hear has a big effect on us. What we see and what we hear has a very big impact on us. And so we have to guard our spirit because he that, he that hath no rule, Proverbs 26, verse 25, verse 28. Listen to this. Proverbs 25, 28. Listen to this verse. He that hath no rule over his own spirit 
is like a city that is broken down and without walls. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And so don't, don't allow the news to control your attitude, your spirit, your demeanor, your outlook. Yet things are bad in many ways. But you know what? We've got, we've got good news right here. We've got a God that's still on the throne. And so don't overdose on the news. Second thing I would say is this, and that is maintain your spiritual discipline. Maintain your spiritual discipline. Nathan, will you hand me my cell phone from over there? And I want to I use it in just a moment, read something. But I want to encourage everybody to maintain their spiritual discipline. Now, now look at me. Listen to me carefully. This is so important. This is no time to drop your guard. This is no time... Thank you so much. This is no time. This is no time to drop your guard and and uh, and and get away from the things that you and I should be doing spiritually. When I was a kid, I boxed, and my older brother Jimmy was an excellent boxer and had a lot of different uh, fights in the Navy and and was just really good. My dad boxed. Both my older brothers boxed. I remember one day he was training me and we were working out in the yard. And we were right in the middle of sparring, and he said, all right, I want you to drop your hands down by your side. So I dropped my hands down by my side, and he hit me with a right cross, just boom. And when he did, I remember, I remember things sort of going blank and stars sparkling everywhere, and I fell, I fell back up against uh, the fence that was the ropes at that time in our front yard. I remember hanging on. I remember how angry I was at him. He was a lot older than me. And, and, uh, and I remember just, just being so mad at him for doing that. And I asked him why he did it. And he said, because I'm teaching you a lesson. Never drop your guard. Never, when you're in a ring, never drop your guard. Well, you and I are in a battle. If we're not careful in a time like this, we, we can sort of drop the things that, that, um, that are important to maintaining our spiritual schedule. Don't allow this to get you off your schedule. I want to encourage you to stay faithful in your Bible reading uh, and your study. Stay in the Word every single day. Take God and I time where God speaks to you through His Word and you speak to God through prayer. So maintain your Bible study. Maintain your prayer life. Pray for people. Organize it. We'll talk about that in another service. But Make a list of praying for people. Uh, tune in for all your church's live stream services, and you're doing that right now, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, tune in for those, and then stay faithful in your giving. You know what doing that will do? It'll keep your conscience clear. If you're going through a hard time, but you don't have enough faith in God that you can still give to God, and it, 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 sort, of, it sort of hurts our, if we feel like we're, we're slacking on God and owing God things, it hurts our conscience with God. So let's stay tuned in with God and keep a clear conscience by staying in His Word, by praying, uh, by being faithful to services, and by being faithful in our giving. Then I would say, number three, uh, I would say focus on the family. Somebody ought to start a ministry named Focus on the Family. What a great name. And I'm sure someone will plagiarize me soon about that. But anyhow, this is a great time. Listen, what a time. What a time for you and me to invest ourselves in our family, uh, plan activities together. Look, wait, no, 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 wait a minute. Restaurants are closed, okay? A lot of the playgrounds are closed. You can't take your kids to the playgrounds. But there are things you can do, in your, in your, even in your own backyard, plan activities together. Um, uh, be safe. 
Uh, and yet use your imagination and creativity to have fun. Take hikes together. That's 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 uh, that's exercise. I looked on the um, I looked on the governor's uh, the dot Idaho.gov website, and under outdoor activity it says this. I'm reading it verbatim. Outdoor activity, okay. Outdoor activity is not prohibited, but residents are encouraged to keep distance of six feet from others not in their household. And so uh, even the governors recognize the fact we need to get out, we need to get some fresh air, and there's green belts, there's, there's, there's hikes you can take. And, and so you ought to avail yourself of that. Don't, don't be a, just because we're under quarantine doesn't mean we have to be a couch potato. Uh, set up a soccer field in your backyard or play basketball you know, with your kids. Do some things with them. Um, uh, play board games. Have a, Sunday night, uh, have a Sunday night ice cream Sunday with you and your family. It's a great time to do that. Um, when my kids were young, there was a year we didn't have a whole lot of money. In fact, there were several years like that. So one year, rather than going to a big area, we used my mother-in-law's um, trailer there in New Smyrna Beach, Florida, and we were going down. One of the fun things was we would go into a store, and I would let them pick out any cookies or any cereal that they wanted. So they got to load the buggy with their goodies. We would buy chips and everything else. And then I said to them, I said, okay, now I'm going to give you a choice. We can, we can go putt-putt golf, which was about 80 bucks for all of us, you know, Susie and I and the six kids. We can play putt-putt golf or... We can buy the entire series of the Honeymooners, you know, with Jackie Gleason and, and uh, Audrey Meadows. We can, we can watch that. So they decided we would do that. So every single night we watch several of those episodes of the Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason telling Alice he's going to send her to the moon and Alice just mocking Jackie. And he just made such a blunder of things. You know what? It was, it was unforgettable. My kids still talk today about uh, that vacation, just a simple place, just a fun time, watching the honeymooners together. It was a great memory. You don't, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to do a lot of extravagant things. You can, you can get by with it. So I would say this to you, be there. Be there in the moment. You're, you're, you're quarantined. Don't be an absentee parent. This is a great opportunity for you to invest yourself uh, into your children. And there are no distractions. There's not a lot of routine right now. There's a lot, a lot of schedule demanding your time. Start out in the morning by gathering your kids together and reading the Bible with them. Please don't miss this. And then I've got to go to my next point, but please don't miss this. Please, please listen to this. How you deal with this as a parent is going to actually determine how your kids deal with it later in their memory. Did you know that your children, if you'll invest this wisely, will actually look back on this as the best of times? And we did these games. Dad built this in the backyard for us. We, we had all this fun. You know, we, we did this together. Your, your son, you and your son, make golf, golf courses are open. So it's obviously okay. There's social distancing and there are things you can't do there. They've got their rules. But maybe it's a father and son time. Whatever, just use your imagination and take advantage wisely.
carefully, safely, but wisely of the opportunities we have to invest in the life of our children. Let me say number four, enlist in the service. God's called all of us to be servants, and so we ought to enlist, we ought to volunteer, not drafted, enlist in the service of the Lord. It's the greatest thing that we can do or the greatest thing that we can be because Jesus himself came to us as a servant. Uh, he, he came in the form of a servant. Being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But he came to us as a servant. In fact, John 13, he's talking to his disciples. He's washed their feet. And in verse 14 and 15, he says, If I then, if I then, your Lord and your Master, have washed your feet, ye ought also to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done for you. What a beautiful opportunity you and I have to wash other people's feet. Let me ask you a question. You know, you know somebody in need right now? Call them on the phone. Maybe it's just a word. There's different ways to wash people's feet. So it's just a, it's just a symbol of service. Share some of your necessities with them. It's, it's, it, 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 it could be delivering it just to their door, just buying something in the store, saying, hey, I picked up some supplies. I'm dropping it off on your doorstep. I've done that. What a, what a great opportunity it is. Maybe, maybe purchase a Walmart gift card and give it to somebody that may be in need or out of work. Um, it could be shopping for a senior saint. It could be delivering a hot meal to somebody in need. It could be running to the pharmacy and picking up their meds for them. Help people that are hurting. We're actually helping a friend of mine that's over in Israel, lives in Nazareth and is out of work, and we're trying to reach out and help him. And I've had some people that have gone on trips to the Holy Land that, that, are, that are giving some money to send to him to help him out. Just because they don't live next door to you doesn't mean that they don't need our help. And so be, be sensitive to that. You know what servants do? Servants look for the opportunities to serve. You know why? Because serving is a privilege. It's not a burden. It's not something you have to do. The best money you'll ever spend, if you can, is when you invest it to meet the needs of other people. And so let's be aware of that. I'd say number five, occupy yourself. Occupy yourself. Um, somebody said that uh, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. You know, if you sit there and stare at the TV or stare at the four walls or you're just, you're just, you know, watching your beard grow. There's a lot of guys growing beards during this time. I won't mention myself. But uh, if, if, if you're, I mean, if you're just sitting there, by the way, I read a report last night on the news that said actually that less bacteria lives in a bearded man's face than in a guy that shaves his face. More on your skin in somebody's beard. Just wanted to throw that out there for you to stop the criticism. Anyhow, uh, don't sit around and stare at the walls. Don't sit around and just twiddle your thumbs. Do something to occupy yourself. Get some of those projects done. Uh, boy, your wife would be very blessed. She would look back on this as the best of times if you do the things she's been asking you to do for the last year and a half. So you haven't had the time to do them before. You don't have that excuse now. Get some projects done. Enjoy your favorite hobby. Um, hey, learn a new hobby. Take up painting. Michael's is open. Run down. Keep your distance, six feet. Buy some paints. Buy a canvas. Come home and try it. You say, preacher, I can't paint. That's what I thought. 
I still think it. But anyhow, just stay at it. Work at it. Read the book that you've wanted to read and you haven't read. Read that book. Get, listen, occupy yourself. Do something that you enjoy. Proverbs 15, verse 13, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. Do something that makes your heart merry. Proverbs 17, verse 22, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Find something that makes your heart merry. You, you know what makes my heart merry? I think in the last week I polished my motorcycle like three times. That's things. It just, hey, look, nobody else may understand that. I just like getting it out and shining it. And it makes me happy. And it makes me merry. So find something that makes your heart merry. And then I would say this. Um, last of all, edit your words. Edit your words. There's a lot of things being said that don't edify. They don't bring glory to God. There's a lot of fear-mongering that's being spread around. It's not all by the media. Sometimes it's by some self-appointed prognosticator. I get, I get messages all the time on Messenger and Facebook and text and they're gloomy and down and boy, I'm telling you. You know, you know I said it the other day. There's a pride in us. We want to have the, the say. We're right and we know. Everybody becomes an expert. You know why? Because we're not living in Old Testament times when prophets were stoned when their prophecy didn't come true. Now we can just pipe off and throw things around and there's no follow-up on that. We're not held accountable. Dime store doctors have already, this may be shocking to you, dime store doctors have already discovered the cure for the coronavirus. It comes from the left nostril of a bird found in only one tree deep in the Amazon forest. No one else has access to that except these doctors that have appointed themselves to give value and advice to the world. I'm just saying we're inundated with that stuff. And, and so be careful. Frustration can cause us to be unkind to people. And uh, they're having a hard time themselves. And so let's edit our words. Be careful what you say. Now, wait, 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 wait a minute. I've seen some memes that are really funny. You know, husband and wife at home together, and uh, they're, they're trying to endure they're trying to endure this. One guy said that he was volunteering to work overtime and uh, asking that uh, teachers get a raise because of that because they're having to homeschool their kids now and make sure they get their work done. And husbands and wives that go to work and, aren't apart, uh, and are apart from each other for the most of the week, at least eight hours a day, now suddenly are having to negotiate their time with each other. So be careful. Edit your words. Don't, don't let this bend you out of shape. Be careful what you say verbally. Now listen to me. Or by keyboard. The words you type into your cell phone or on the Internet, they're just as powerful. I started out years ago. I was a writer for a sports group called Bleacher Report. It's become very prominent now. And uh, had some had some different articles that that came through Bleacher Report into Fox Sports. And so we were just beginning to get connected that time with some of the bigger organizations. Bleacher Report is in and of itself now a big, a big uh, a company and, and a sports group does a great job. 
But in those early days, there were a handful of writers that would write for that, and as it began to grow, people would begin to come in and just make critique and criticize. Well, Bleacher Report, uh, we call them uh, keyboard cowards because you can't see their face. They're just typing in. They're just blasting people away. Don't, don't, don't allow the safety of your keyboard to make you say things that you'll later regret when you stand before the Lord. Spread faith and not fear to people. Psalm 19, verse 14, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 141, verse 3, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Keep the door of my lips. So be careful. Edit what you say. I've got one more point. I thought that was it, but I see I've got one more, and that's simply this. Trust God with your concerns. Trust the Lord with your concerns. I, I know that you have legitimate concerns. There's some things you're nervous about. You've got loved ones that are sick. Pray for my Aunt Eloise, would you? Uh, you know, I went to see her this past November. She's 90 years old. She's got a chest congestion and sinus infection. And at 90, that's, that's, that can be serious stuff. Would you pray for her that God would heal her and, and touch her? Uh, everybody's got different dynamics. Some have, in this situation, some are concerned over their health. Some are concerned over family members that are struggling. Some are thinking about their job and their finances. Business owners are worried because they've got employees they've got to watch out for. We have to remember this. God is God on the mountain. He's also God in the valley. So whether we find ourselves standing on a mountaintop or whether deep in the valley, we're to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto our own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So let me encourage you this week that you would take a long, honest look at what lies beneath you. What is beneath you? down deep inside of you, that inner person. How are you handling this? How are you doing? Is your spirit getting sour and bitter? Don't, don't let that happen. Let's, let's make a right heart toward God and toward our fellow man. Let's pray for a moment. Could we do that? Father, we love you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you're a God who is in control. Help us, dear Lord, I pray, that our spirits would be right with you right with each other, that we would seize the opportunity to, to spend time with you, spend time with our family, to be creative in our investment in each other's lives, to not stop our service, to not, to not get off schedule, to not become unfaithful. Lord, help us, I pray, to trust in you in every day that we live during this time. We look forward to the day when we're back together, Lord. But we thank you that we can gather even here through this media and, and, and to share your word with our dear people. So bless this week. Until Wednesday night, Lord, give us what we have need of. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. I'll see you then. God bless you, my friends.